0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily. NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I your host. It's Thursday, February 24th. We are getting close to the combine, right around the corner. Free agency right after that. Another year of NFL coverage. Another year closer to death. Just kidding. Um, joining me to break down free agents on defense, the one, the only, Tyler Sullivan. Sully, so, what's up, buddy? What's
1: going on, Will? What do we start?
0: I... <laughs> <And>, uh, uh, <laughs> that was that was i think that was like a paraphrase of a movie right like isn't it um oh no it's a line from arrested development when you know when um they're trying to pretend like it's george senior's birthday party he said so buster won't be upset and he's like why did you he's like you got a coffin He's like that's for his birthday he's like you know it's a a joke you know when you're you know when you're closer to death um anyway really esoteric (laughs) start to this podcast if you're watching it on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six like and comment on the video. If you haven't already hit the subscribe button and turn on alerts. Uh, this is alert season, emergency podcast season for the pick six podcast. We will have tons of free agency pods. I'm sure trades when they go down, et cetera, et cetera. Aaron Rodgers makes his decision. Tom Brady returns to the 40, you know, comes back to football and plays for the 49ers. You know, all of these things. Um, and if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, leave a five-star rating. If you leave a review with a question attached to a five-star rating on Apple. We'll try we will get it answered in an upcoming mailbag. It can be about anything, football, life, whatever. Over at CBSports.com, you can read Sully's top 25 defensive free agent list. We are going to run through these guys. We're going to look at the top 10 on sort of a one by one uh, basis. We actually may sort of lump some of these guys together uh, as, as it fits and then we'll take a break and then rip through some of the, uh, some of the other guys uh, on the list who are notable uh, free agents bearing in mind, and, and this is not your fault, nor is it really even the editor's fault, Sully. Um, these lists are kind of stupid until franchise tags are done. 100%.
1: 100%. Yeah, like you're One hundred percent.
0: writing them when you feel stupid, you know, because you don't, because I mean,
1: you can go through all of this top 25 and there might be a top 12 by the end of it,
0: right? The when and this it's been this way for as long as I can remember, as long as we've been doing top free agent list. Because once I mean, maybe Pete Prisco did his like after the like, but way back in the day, but like, as long as I remember CBS, you know, we do these lists and you do them as soon as the Super Bowl ends you know and then you're like wow free this is a loaded free agent class and then all of a sudden you know 8 to 10 tags later 10 to 12 tags later whatever it is suddenly it's very very thinned out i will say that i think this defensive class that you've got will largely uh sort of hit the market so it's not as bad like the offensive side of things that we we detailed yesterday with John Breach and Patrick Walker done that list i mean it was kind of a joke like you know, the top guys were just not going to, you know, just a lot of those guys were not going to hit free agency. Uh, but I think looking at the top of this list, you know, Von Miller, Los Angeles Rams traded for him. He's said he loves playing in LA, but by all accounts, I believe Mike Girofalo of NFL Media reported he's going to try and test the market. Um, you know, it's, it, you know, actually, let's put these two guys together because Von Miller and Chandler Jones, both older at various points, elite level. Edge rushers. Both guys pretty good decent against the run. I guess Chandler Von Von certainly good against the run. Um, Miller wins the Super Bowl ring. Chandler Jones, you know, had that whole contract squabble with the, the Cardinals. Uh, what, what led you to put them at one and two on your list? And do you think uh either guy will actually hit the market?
1: Yeah, I think that you know, you could say technically they'll hit the market. Like Von Miller is a great example. I don't think that the Rams are gonna give him the franchise tag but I ultimately think he's going to re-sign with the Rams. So it's like sure, sure, sure. Yeah, he, he might hit the market per se, but, you know, really it's it's a formality. He'll go back. It, it reminds me a lot of what Tampa did last offseason where they just brought all their guys back, especially someone who is, you know, a Von Miller stature. And again, both those guys, I put Von Miller over Chandler Jones just because we've seen him be a factor in that, you know, quote, that's a cliche, but that winning culture. He's a winning player. He can get you to a Super Bowl, help you be a Super Bowl MVP type of player. And Jones certainly is capable of that. I mean, they, they both can get after the quarterback. But for me, again, you know, you're you're splitting hairs. You just put the playoff success over that to get Von Miller at the top, even and, though my top guy probably won't even be on the market when the thing really goes, rolls around, or at least won't really be on the open market.
0: Well, I, don't, I think Von, I think Von will, I think Von's interesting because, he now has, you know, obviously only played for Denver his entire career. Traded uh, midway through the season last year, played 15 total games, nine and a half sacks. Um, ended up, um, you know, he's now eight-time Pro Bowl, three-time All-Pro, two-time Super Bowl champ, Super Bowl MVP, Defensive Rookie of the Year, 2010 Hall of Fame All Team. Like he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, 100. Nothing. He doesn't have to do anything to increase his 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 legacy or whatever. So if for some reason a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars wanted to give him $25 million a year for five years and like 75% guaranteed or something insane, you know, he could say, yeah, you know what, winning was fun, but I've got two rings. I'm going to go, I'm going to go make some money. I, I would, I would guess that he's more likely to go back to LA, but I do think that because in LA with their salary cap situation, I don't think is a really a candidate to tag him.
1: No, I don't believe so. I, there was a couple of articles, you know, how you can shed cap space and all that stuff. But for the sure. for the time being, it's it's pretty difficult for them to do too much stuff like that.
0: It would it would be it would be pretty surprising if they tagged him. So I, I do think it would hit the market, and then it'll I think it'll probably be okay. Let's see what kind of offers we get, and then weigh that against you know coming back to LA. Is Aaron Donald returning? Run it back because you know Raheem Morris will be back. I think that's a big plus for him. Certainly, I think he loved being in LA and that team was really good and he played great in the playoffs and down the stretch. And as a difference maker, uh, you know, if if they want to try and, you know, make a a run to to repeat and, you know, that would be, that would be, I mean, look, you live in LA, you're rich enough already. It's not a bad spot to be in. You know, you know the defensive scheme now. you got great teammates. Wouldn't be that shocking. Though. I think one of the things,
1: though, with Vaughn Miller that we need to watch with, and I know you, you probably talked about it a ton with Breach with Devontae Adams, is, well, what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers? You know, what's the situation going to be there? If all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers becomes a Denver Bronco and it's growing, you know, it's seemingly Absolutely. more unlikely with all of this stuff that he's talking about with the Green Bay Packers. It seems like things have subsided. But let's just say the Denver Broncos get themselves a legit quarterback and they feel like they're in the thick of it in the AFC. Well, I mean, that would be a pretty nice book into a career that you could, you know, have your cake and eat it too. You go back to the team that you've made your Hall of Fame career with, and yep. you're kind of still being that mercenary going to a team that's contending for a Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, and and you would have helped your team out by getting them some draft picks and yeah. then returning there. And that, look, that was the for LA, you know, I don't think it's a big deal. That's a cost of doing business. They, you know, they they give up the picks, they won the Super Bowl. I think I think they're perfectly fine with it. Uh Jones, obviously drafted by the Patriots back mm-hmm. in 2012. Was that the high was it Dante High Tower? That was or?
1: the High Tower Chandler
0: Jones year, yeah. Man, really <laughs> It's a good draft. Hasn't been great since, but you know, the I just mean, it's like that sort of kickstarted, you know, the second or the third yeah. era of Brady and or maybe maybe this draft year. for them,
1: huge draft for them. That second wave of titles was, you know, was really on the result of,
0: of a result. Yeah, right. right. Exactly. Uh, played four years for the Pats then traded to Arizona, where he has led the league in sacks, although disappointing year last year, I think made the pro Bowl, of course, but you know, ju- you know, quote unquote, just 10 and a half sacks in 15 games and the Cardinals trailed off down the stretch.
1: And I'll tell you this real quickly, you know, with those double-digit sacks, it is misleading. He had five in week one. Oh, that's right. So he just that. went absolutely insane at the start of the year. And then, you know, so it wasn't as balanced as you might think a 10-sack season would be.
0: Yeah, this is an interesting one because the there have been some contract squabbles between Chandler Jones and the Cardinals. They added Zach Allen in the draft. Uh, back in 2019, did they draft somebody? Didn't they draft another pass rusher? I'm forgetting about. Oh, Zayvon Collins last year. Um, I think I plays a linebacker, but uh, you know JJ Watt. They they signed, and I think he was just a was he just a one year deal when he signed there or No, he wasn't. He's still he's yeah. un- still under contract, I guess. Yeah. But Corey Peters a free agent. Chandler Jones is a free agent. They've got AJ Green, Christian Kirk, Max Garcia, Zach Ertz, it was Chase Edmonds, James Connor. Uh, we talked about a lot of these guys on the offensive pod. You know. It's gonna be really interesting to see how Arizona handles this offseason because I mean, you know, a healthy Chandler Jones who's not washed up, not that I think he's washed up, but you know, if he if he's past his prime, you can't go out and give him a ton of money if you're Arizona and you're worried that he can't be productive. And he is an edge rusher with a with a resume who could, you know, like you said, have five sacks in one game he could get a pretty good contract on the open market, I would guess. And it's
1: also a weird situation with Arizona because I mean, you listed all those guys, but also what the heck is going on with Kyler Murray. so, So, you know, again, you're looking at a franchise that has a lot of questions and, and one of them being at the most important position If all of a sudden things go nuclear with Kyler Murray, it would make absolutely no sense to pay Chandler Jones, any sort of money there. So, you know, We'll see what happens with that. Obviously, they feel like they can contend if they have Kyler Murray in the fold. Does Chandler Jones help them get over the top? For me, I I look around, and for a guy like Jones, I almost feel like he could be more of a mercenary, too, where it's, let me go find a place. I know he's won with New England, but... Let me go find a place where I can kind of, I, I, you know, I've made my money in Arizona. I've kind of put up the statistical numbers with the Cardinals. Let me see if I can go somewhere in the league, maybe a Kansas City or a Buffalo or something along those lines to really solidify myself in terms of a, a resume builder.
0: So he never won Defensive Player of the Year, but finished second and third, two All Pros, four Pro Bowls, Super Bowl champ, was on the all 2010s team, which is kind of wild to think about. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, but. He's probably not. No, he's not all of favor, Probably right? not. Probably not. He's got the resume with like he's just uh, you know going to Arizona. Even though he led the league in sacks and made two all pros, he's still sort of it's just Arizona's just under the radar. You know, if he he, he would
1: really need to have an exclamation point at the end here, yeah. like like if he'd signed with a, like a like the Chargers, for example. And was just
0: just wreaking
1: havoc against Patrick Mahomes in that division. Yeah. Then you could say, okay, hold on here. Let's let's see what what this looks like. And the Chargers could make a lot of sense too. A ton of cap space could be an option there. So again, that's that's a route for him. pass
0: rush help. Yeah, that's a good spot. Uh, this uh, could the Steelers make sense?
1: Yeah, that could make a lot of sense uh, for Brian Flores is a great example. I mean, you know, it was with the organization during Chandler Jones's time. I thought it was Miami would be a great kind of pairing yeah. when he was still the head coach there. So, you know, yeah, I mean, when you're talking about Going onto a defense that has TJ Watt on one side that will free you up like nobody's business. Yeah. That is something that's extremely attractive for, for a guy like Chandler Jones. I mean, you saw that even a little bit. It, it's a, it's different, but you saw it at the tail end of last season when Von Miller joined joined the Los Angeles Rams. I mean, everybody's paying attention to Aaron Donald and it does free you up for more opportunities.
0: But did JJ Watt sound like a five year deal? What? My? No, he said a two year deal with the Cardinals. That's right. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't
1: think it was anything long.
0: Yeah 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 yeah. It was just a um and then oh t- 2023 uh, the, he, I know it was a 5 year deal but it's like three void years I think. Yeah. So it's really just a 2 year deal, but he is under contract for the for the Cardinals so I would guess Arizona tries to bring Taylor Jones back if he's willing to stick around. But if there's money in free agency, I mean there, there's going to be money in free agency and, and the, you know, it's not like, you know, we're looking a a premier list of pass rushers here necessarily. I mean he could, you know, he can definitely get paid out there, given his name value and his production, even at, with at his age. Um, JC Jackson, Mister Int, he uh, came out and said that he would play on the franchise tag. I believe. What's your sense in New England of, of what the Patriots will do? Because they're always so, they're, they, you know, I think it's kind of crazy. Bill Belichick loves to push the rules, you know, push the boundary, you know, run up against the edge and push the limits. He's actually always abided by the spirit of the franchise tag, which is very bizarre.
1: Yeah. So to me, I think what's going on with JC Jackson, again, he spoke to NBC sports, Boston's Phil Perry about this and, and basically said he hadn't heard from the Patriots and was kind of surprised that he didn't. I, I don't necessarily know why he'd be surprised per se, because this is kind of how the Patriots operate. They go, they're go, they not going to hit the franchise tag with somebody on day one. They're going to ride this puppy to the March 8th window and, and make that decision. They did it with Joe Tooney. That was a surprise a few years ago where it just went right to the wire, and you're like, oh, wow, they tagged Joe Tooney? So that's probably what you can expect if they tag J.C. Jackson, I just don't know if they're willing to spend that much money. I mean, you saw what went on with Stefan Gilmore yeah. over the last few years here. Again, it's a little bit different because J.C. Jackson's younger and you you can kind of see where you could build with somebody like that. But I don't know if they're going to extend themselves as much as they did for a guy like J.C. Jackson. And you're talking about potentially a market setting deal. I mean, if you look at Spotrack, it. They're, they're projecting $20 million a year for average annual value for a guy like J.C. Jackson, and yeah, the Patriot Patriot Patriots. Patriots is just not going to do that. Now, I will say, as much as the Patriots won't do it, they've put themselves in a bad spot. I mean, they almost feel like they could be forced to do it because there's nobody behind them. I mean, you could let a Stephon Gilmore kind of unfold the way it did last year because you have someone like J.C. Jackson yeah. right now. You don't really have much of anything. You have Jalen Mills there, but he's more of a slot corner, in my opinion. He he moved a little bit outside towards the tail end of last year, but he's not a true number one at all.
0: Yeah. And if you if you think about the Joe Tooney thing, it's not, it's not like the Patriots didn't want to sign Joe Tooney to a long-term deal. It was just gonna be impossible to to get anything within reason. Like he was just gonna command massive, massive money. And so I think you could see them tag JC Jackson knowing that, okay, we still think we're competitive in 2022. We would like to sign him to a contract. You know, like I, I, my point being is I don't think Belichick tags guys that he's just d- doesn't want to have around, you know, yeah. he's, he's tagging them. He's willing to do a deal. But if, you know, JC Jackson's going to need $25 million a year, it's just not going to, or $20 million a year. It's just not going to happen. The same with Tooney, you know, whatever, what do he get? I mean, Uh, 16 million dollars a year or 18 million dollars a year or something it was a
1: sizable amount where you were you know especially especially in the off season when you lose tom brady and you're squabbling over money it's like okay we're gonna tag to for all this guaranteed money but sure all
0: right it was a five-year 80 million dollar deal for for toony with 40 almost 47 million dollars fully guaranteed i mean that's Mm an average angel belichick is not going to pay somebody to be the top I mean, it's unlikely he's going to be the guy who sets the market. At- yeah, it he- just
1: it, it's very unlikely he will try to do what he did with Gilmore a few years ago. What I think he did with Matt Judon last offseason signs them to a you know aggressively signs them to a a you know very lucrative deal and then they kind of blossom under his coaching to sure. another level. So it's he's almost creating value through his coaching if that makes any sense. Where it's you know I'm going to sign him because. He hasn't really produced to the level I think I can coach him up to, and I'm still getting some value there. So, you've already seen that with J.C. Jackson. I don't even know if they, the Patriots, you know, as much as they have a history of having those, you know, great cornerbacks, whether it's, you know, going all the way back to Ty Law or yeah. Stefan Gilmore or, you know, even Malcolm Butler for a time, right. even after that Super Bowl they don't necessarily have the like like to really utilize those like shut down corners we're going to just put them on this side of the field they'll put them on the number 2 guy and just try to erase him and then double coverage the number 1 receiver they right. they scheme a lot more than other teams when they have an elite corner
0: you don't yeah so like gilmore they wouldn't say oh go cover deandre hopkins you know they'd be like go cover christian kirk just eliminate him and then i don't know why i'm using the cardinals here but um you know they eliminate christian kirk and then we're going to put two guys on DeAndre Hopkins. Right. And maybe they did more with Gilmore in terms of like letting him shadow guys. Uh, also with Gilmore, you know, that was a a, a a calculated strike by Belichick in the free agent market, just like Judon. You know, he felt like this is a player who has been underutilized throughout his early in his career. Whereas JC Jackson is, we brought this guy up on, you know, we think this guy's, if, if this guy gets a huge contract from somebody else, it will look bad two years in yeah. because you know his success is partially tied to being in New England, and and you know, frankly, you know for the most part, Belichick has looked uh, pretty correct about that over the course of his coaching career. Marcus Williams of the Saints, part of that uh, heralded 2017 draft class, and I uh, will loop in Jesse Bates as well, uh, one of the uh, a blossoming super, like a borderline superstar, honestly. Um, you know, not a, maybe not a household name per se, but you know, one of the Bengals' best players, key to that playoff run. Uh, both guys have been a little active on social media. Bates tweeted out uh, eyes emojis or the eyes emoji. Excuse me. Sound like a dad, (laughs) um, which everyone was led to believe that he's going to sign a big deal uh, with the Bengals. I would be shocked if Cincinnati let him walk. I think that's a clear cut franchise tag situation in Cincinnati, especially the safety tag is not even that prohibitive. So you can't have a guy that good on a defense like that and not and let him walk. And I don't think Jesse Bates wants to leave. You know, it's a team that drafted him. They just were in the Super Bowl. You know, if you, you look around, you know, you, like Rob Grukowski said, I want to play with Joe Burrow. You know, this is a team. Somehow Cincinnati is going to be an attractive free agent spot.
1: Right. I mean, well you have an ascending team with a very attractive quarterback that like you said people want to play with. And yeah, I don't believe the franchise tag is that bad for the safety position. I mean, even Williams who was playing on it, I believe I read this, he was playing on it last year where it was like $10 million. If he gets tagged again, it's only like 12. You know, yeah. it's not that crazy of a number for somebody who you believe whether it, whether it's Bates or Williams that it could be a cornerstone to your defense and like you said both of those players you know especially Bates there too I don't believe the Bengals are going to let him go I, I I really don't it seems like a tag situation you have a core that you just reached the Super Bowl with and as much as we talk about you know Joe Burrow and all the receivers he has and Jamar Chase and obviously Joe Mixon in the backfield. That defense was pretty good. I mean, you have B.J. Hill in there. You have Trey Hendrickson. You have Bates, you know, deep. That's a good little, you know, that's a good core going into next season to try to defend that AFC championship.
0: Do, um, am I crazy? We don't have, do we have the number? I missed the num- We don't have the numbers, right?
1: I don't think we have the exact numbers. We, a lot we, of projections. Got proje- we, we have project We have projections, numbers, yeah.
0: Because they haven't announced the actual full salary cap.
1: No, I don't believe that that's right.
0: true. Right. That'll be, uh that'll be coming soon. The, uh, I was like, man, am I, I'm really dropping the ball here. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I swear, I feel like I would know those. Um, yeah. So the uh, the let's see, where was the uh, see franchise tag numbers 2022. I think there were some projected numbers on spot track and over the cap, uh, looking like safety is like there uh, 13 million. That's not that's not nothing. But safety is sort of the op the the parallel on offense with tight end where it's gonna be like around 11 million dollars. Yeah. Where you know if you've got a if you if the Bengals, if it gets to if the Bengals can't work out a deal with Bates, they're going to tag him before letting him walk out the door because they have tons of salary cap space. And then you, you tag him and work out the deal. The reason you try not to do that is because, you know, one, you bring more guaranteed money into the deal already. Uh the player could, you know, and it's a little insulting to hit, hit him with a tag and then before, instead of working out the deal, you know, if if you can pull it off. So yeah, I would expect that um he gets tagged. Marcus Williams playing on the tag last year with the Saints salary cap situation. And I know Saints fans will tell you all about it. Um, you know, he's, you know, they can they can get under so easily. It'll just be magic beans time. Um, I, I would expect Marcus Williams hits full-blown free agency. And he even tweeted, a or he put something on Instagram basically saying it was a countdown to free agency. Yeah. I would just be surprised if the Saints tagged him because now all of a sudden you go from... 12 million or 11 million or whatever it was last year, you get 120% of it. It's just, it ends up being a little bit more prohibitive. And or, so, yeah, I, I think he's likely to actually hit free agency. Right.
1: Yeah. And that's why you kind of, again, we're talking about these lists. Like, you know, I, I think JC Jackson hits the open market and I think Williams hits the open market. That's, you know, in a other ranking, that's the number one and number two player on this list right now. When you start eliminating maybe Chandler Jones, who works a deal out and Vaughn Miller, you know, you're talking about guys that are going to a free agency where teams have plenty of money to spend. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's – in the, Williams is only 25 years old. or I don't know what he's going to be at the start of next season, but you're talking about young players hitting the market. That is a recipe to get
0: paid. Yeah. And one of the things about the Saints draft class, too, is that it's it's great that you hit on all these guys in 2017. I mean, it, it changed the franchise. It gave them a shot at making a Super Bowl run. Didn't happen, but, you know, they were, they were a, one of the best teams in football for – you know, three or four years and drew drew breeze leaves now sean payton's gone it, it's just hard to re-sign that entire draft class especially when you have all these other cap considerations to deal with
1: right i mean again it's 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 a wave and it ebbs and flows you get a wave of young talent that comes in but eventually it's going to come crashing down because you have to pay all of them or at least find those select few that you want to bring in
0: i uh, probably should have looped carlton davis in there as well since he's a, a defensive back whoops um good job by me i think the the buzz you heard from Rick Stroud pointed this out, and I think I read this tweet twice on yesterday's podcast because I just wasn't listening to Breach. Um, or he read it and I read it. They want to sign Chris Godwin so that it frees them up to use the franchise tag on Carlton Davis. Yeah. And even though the ACL makes it really difficult to sign Godwin, maybe because he's injured, it's easier to hammer something out because he wants that guaranteed money, you know, coming off an ACL. And then, you know, Carlton Davis might be thinking, man, if I hit free agency, like uh, I'm one of the top two cornerbacks on the open market or one of the top, uh, I guess, Stephon Gilmore, you know, we can, we can go ahead and mention these guys too, I guess. Stephon Gilmore and uh, Tyron Mathieu are both on the list as, as well. I would say that Carlton Davis maybe uh, obviously doesn't have the same resume as either of those two guys, but I think because of his, his, his age, you know, his success early on, pedigree, you know, coming from Auburn, um, maybe a little more interest in spending on him versus, you know, st- we saw Stefan Gilmore not exactly drawing, you know, a ton of trade interest for a former defensive player of the year.
1: Yeah, and, and you're talking about an injury that he was dealing with, you know, you can put air quotes on that if it was more of a holdout injury type of thing right. that he had with New England. But you're talking about an older player that again, yes. 2019 was the defensive player of the year. That's not that long ago. And so, yeah, you can say, all right. And I I think, but but I think Davis and Gilmore almost have two different markets. If that makes any sense. I, I agree with that. Like if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars you're going to be more prone to go after Davis because younger player, you can kind of ascend with him in that secondary. Whereas if you're like Stefan Gilmore, you're like, why am I signing there? You know, I don't yeah. really necessarily, I want to go to a place like a Kansas city if they can't figure out something with, with, with Tyron Mathieu or, or, or the Buffalo Bills or the, or the, you know, Los Angeles Chargers, a team that can realistically contend for a Super Bowl during your kind of twilight years in the league.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's about right. Uh, PFF, by the way, had projected him going to uh, the Arizona Cardinals on a two-year, twenty-eight million dollar deal, which would be pretty spicy. Make a little bit of sense. That's kind of a signing that you see from Steve Kine, the the veteran, you know, guy who you know hasn't, uh, you know, is just sort of fallen off the radar a little bit. We're falling from the peak of his powers. You bring him out there, and maybe you hope you get the most out of him. Um, so that wouldn't that wouldn't be shocking uh, either. Uh, one team I that, that i think is interesting
1: people, though really quick just one thing that's interesting yeah. in the in the nfc west though because you're trying to pair these you know who's going to have space who's not what's going to happen you know we're not looking at the 49ers at too too much but if they get rid of garoppolo you're talking about freeing up a lot of money Good to point. go out you know and you're cashing in on a young quarterback in his rookie contract you put Stefan Gilmore on that defense with, with, with those guys. I mean, that is that's a scary defense going in it to a against a division where you're going to be facing Kyler Murray and, and Russell Wilson possibly and Matthew Stafford as a defending Super Bowl champion. That's an interesting one there for the 49ers.
0: The uh yeah, the only issue for the 49ers there is how do they handle Garoppolo? And I do right. think that's a good landing spot. Are they because if they cut Garoppolo, they're immediately 21 million dollars under the salary cap. And it's easy to sign guys. I'm trying to see if they have a ton of, they don't really have a ton of salary cap relief here. And you know, the one thing is you don't want to, um, I mean, there's some spots they could pull it off in, but it's not, it's, uh, it's not, I don't know. It's not, it doesn't, it doesn't look like a clear cut, you know, maybe you, you know, maybe you can do some restructuring and all that. I mean, obviously those options are always on the table. Um, yeah, I think that would make a lot of sense, especially if you if you're under the impression that the Cardinals are chasing after Gilmore. You know, you try and go and add. A, you need to add some cornerbacks to the point of Garoppolo. They won't get that salary cap relief in a trade until the new league year begins. At which point in time they would already have to be cap compliant. So yeah.
1: it it would have to be bang bang, really quick to try to even. I
0: don't even think it. I don't think you can, because you the trade wouldn't become official until. 4 p.m. Right, but you could make
1: like I mean, we had that Stafford deal last year in like January, and it became official in March. But we all knew what was going to happen. It's the same thing with the with the tampering right, 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 right. No, You no, could no. you could come to terms and figure all that stuff out almost after the fact once it yeah. becomes official.
0: No, but I'm saying from a cap space perspective. Sure. So, I guess, I actually yeah I guess that's true. You could you could you could you could figure out the deal if you had if you had a trade in place that goes into effect immediately once the league year begins. And then you also have a deal in place through the tampering period where you're going to sign Gilmore. It would, it would take a little bit more math, but you know, I think yeah the, you just need did. to get cap compliant. And, and yeah, I mean, so yeah, that's, that's doable. It's just not, it's a li- you're, you're sort of just, it's not, you can't just be like, all right, we're going to, you know, we're going to, we're going to take our time on Jimmy. We'll see how this plays out. And then go sign like you have to, it, it's, it's a little bit more complicated than that. You have to have that deal done. The trick it. done um with whoever is taking on Jimmy. And and that way you can then approach how you handle free agency, which I don't think that that's totally that out of the
1: possibility, because yeah. if you're a team, let's just say you're the, the Pittsburgh Steelers and you're you're trying to figure out your quarterback situation. Let's you know, I know that they have a ton of skill position players, but like the Patriots went through this last year. You know, is Hunter Henry and John Smith going to want to sign with these teams if you don't know what the quarterback situation is? That was a lot of the, the the speculation of why they were going to bring back Cam Newton just to say, hey, listen, we have Cam Newton. Come sign with us. Right. So I do wonder if, you know, teams are just going to want to have that figured out, especially if they're more in a trade situation than they are in a draft situation.
0: Right. Yeah. You, I think if you're trying to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, you want to go ahead and get the process done because you can say that people can hate on Jimmy all you want, You know, I mean, the reality is he's a a proven veteran starter in this league who is, you know, can elevate his game at various points in time, has been on two deep playoff runs, and is, you know, there's just not a lot out there in terms of the quarterback position. So I think Jimmy G will be, and if you're giving up a second round pick for him, then see that.
1: And lastly, the loop in Tyron Matthew, if if he does not resign with the Kansas City Chiefs, I just feel like he is a Baltimore Raven. He is a just he just feels like one of those safeties that is, have annoyed me throughout my childhood watching the Ravens. So <laughs> that one to me, I'd love to see it from a from a football fan standpoint, would hate to see it from a Patriots fan standpoint. So, again, that, that probably is a, is a good combination
0: there. That's uh, that's actually where PFF projected him to three years, forty eight point seven five million dollars. Wow. Ooh. That would be a big contract. Man. Um, hmm. That's interesting. Does a lot of stuff though. I mean, you can line him up in a lot of different places. You're talking if, about if one of the more versatile players. If you've got a creative defensive coordinator a creative defensive scheme, you can absolutely move him all over the place. And he's a difference maker when he's playing. I mean, he's yeah, I, I don't think I, you know, picture like Earl Thomas, Weddle, all these dudes who just show up. It's like, oh, he's probably lost, he probably won't be that good. And then they're just great when they get to Baltimore again no. for, for at least like one to two years. So, yeah, uh. Tyron Mathieu you- in Baltimore is not at all an outrageous idea. Okay. There was a uh, one more or two more people that we can put together. Jadaven Clowney and Randy Gregory. Um, Cowboys have a bunch of free agents coming up. So I don't know that they'll franchise tag Gregory. Maybe they will. I have a hard time believing they can. He's like a hard guy to figure out because he's got so much baggage off the field seems to have cleaned it up, but are you really going to want to give this guy some massive contract knowing right. that he's, you know, one screw-up away from another suspension. I mean, I feel like I've written Randy Gregory suspended stories ever since I got to CBS.
1: That's why I almost wonder if it makes sense for the franchise tag, where I know yeah, you're you're, you're throwing a ton of guaranteed money at the guy, but at least you're not hitching yourself long-term to somebody who, again, is a risk off the field. And and so, again, that might be, if, you are, if you're Dallas and you're like, okay, listen, we're loading up again, we feel like we were close, we kind of stumbled down the stretch, but if we get things right – we have a defense that can can make an impact with Gregory. Let's give him that one year franchise tag, and then we'll go from there and see what happens.
0: Yeah, it. it um, I saw that uh, it was Todd Archer reported that the Cowboys are basically going to be picking between Dalton Schultz and Randy Gregory. Yeah, but they, oh, they have a, you know, again with the Cowboys, take it with a grain of salt. They have twenty two million dollars, and they're twenty, in they're twenty two million dollars in the red in terms of cap space. But I mean, that's just a team that is not afraid to restructure everybody in the building kick the can down the road and and then use that tag. I think on Cooper's,
1: I think Amari Cooper is somebody that they could restructure a decent amount.
0: Well, and they could even cut Amari Cooper.
1: actually.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Although see that. They, well, and we talked about this on, on yesterday's pod, but like the, the prevailing logic was when they drafted CD lamb, that they would be making a decision between Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. But it also was sort of thought that they would be able to have, you know, signed Michael Gallup to a long-term deal, and I don't know if you really want to go into the year with like, saying, "All right, Gallup's are two and CDs are one." They can save sixteen million dollars in cap space by cutting Amari Cooper. I sort of always thought that's what they would do, but you maybe you're right. You maybe you just restructure Amari. He gets a bunch of cash. You get him for another year. See Amari CD tag. Uh, you know, see if you can bring back Dalton Schultz or tag your Gregory. Yeah, one of those two. I, yeah. but I, it's it's hard to imagine a long-term deal for Randy Gregory and then Jaden Clowney. My gosh, has he been a free agent every single year for the last 10 years? (laughs) It
1: feels like that.
0: Um, I, 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 he's just never, I don't know if it was like the timing with the COVID or just sort of his, uh, age, how he's sort of progressed with all these, you know, the various attempts at getting free agents market, but like he's just never going to, doesn't like he's never going to get that monster deal that people thought he might when he initially uh, left the Texans
1: yeah I don't, I don't think so either and I think a lot of people even this this free agent period will look at the nine sacks and you'll you know you'll be like oh nine sacks but then you look at it a little bit more and you say okay well you were playing with Miles Garrett it's very similar to what we were talking about with like Vaughn Miller and Aaron Donald and these guys who, who go to these teams that have these elite pass rushers that teams are obviously going to scheme against and which leaves you open to do more things so for me, you know, it's tough to look at Clowney and be like, okay, well, he's a, almost a double-digit sack guy. It's, it's not necessarily the case. For me, he's going to be more of that mercenary, let me go to a contending team for a one-year deal and just try to cash in. Not necessarily ring chase, but you're going to these teams that could use your services. I don't know if he's necessarily like, I need to go get this Super Bowl title to, to put on my resume, but he fits the bill for these teams that are looking for that one more veteran piece that to kind of put them over the top. It's kind of almost a reverse in that way.
0: Right. And I can actually see Clowney saying, you know, I had a good year. Um, You know, if I can't, if I can't get anything to the market, I'm coming back and doing like a one-year deal with Cleveland and sticking around. I like, you know, I mean, it's peers who like the defense played well in it, you know, not, not a crazy idea. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll look at the back half of Sully's best defensive players list.
1: Marketing and creative, legal and administrative, and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com dot com today.
0: So Emmanuel Agba kicks off at number eleven. Devondre Campbell twelve. Asan Reddick thirteen. Harold Landry fourteen. Landry, I would think, is probably a um, a uh, franchise tag candidate.
1: Yeah. I, I would say so. Again, he popped this year. It was yep. a good year for him. It, he, him, it, it's, you know, Landry and Riddick to me are interesting. Those are two guys. But if you want to run through the rest well, of no, the no,
0: rest no. I was I don't want to run through them all. But I mean, I was, yeah. we, we can get down to him. Uh, no, I think Reddick is interesting because he played well again after, you know, he had two back-to-back good years. He's Matt Rule's guy. I would bet that if unless, and this Carolina thing is so tricky to figure out because, you know, is David like, is David Tepper saying fix it this year or you're gone? And if he is, will he allow Matt rule to go out and spend, you know, on a guy like Hassan Reddick or will Hassan Reddick, you know, you know, what kind of market is there for him? Will he be willing to take a little bit less to stay in and play for Matt rule where, you know, you would think he'd be happy. I think that one's tricky to figure out. Landry to me is just a, a lock to be a franchise tag because the Titans pass rush was so much better this year. And it, because, it's because they brought in Bud Dupree and, and, and Landry sort of, finally blossomed
1: yeah yeah I'm totally with you on that for me for starting with Reddick, it's just they he unlocked himself over the last couple of years here when they move him to an edge rusher and he's got like 23 and a half sacks it's just yeah, he's, crazy he's, he's gone bonkers in that setting and he's done it with two different teams like you said if he hits the open market I think teams see that and say okay this guy can adapt he's versatile you know who knows what happens in Carolina I know Rule, he's rules guy going all the way back to what was it? Temple is that where
0: Matt? Yeah, that, he played for that rule of Temple. Yeah, him and Robbie yeah. Anderson just get paid by Matt rule. It's good <laughs> for
1: them. Hey, hey. It's, it works for you. And, and then Landry again, like you said, the pass rush was such a big issue for Tennessee going into this past season. And they were able to fix it with it. I mean, he was able to pop for this team. And and I always get concerned with with those type of players. And, you know, it happens all the time. But you're in that contract gear and you just somehow happen to have your best year in the NFL or or wherever. You see it in every sport, really. And and so, you know, that's always a little bit concerning to say, Okay, what, you know, what's your motivation post? free agency. How does this work? But he does strike me as a guy. I mean, I watched him a little bit too at Boston college when he was playing here too. I'm not claiming to be the biggest BC fan, but when I hear about or when Boston is talking about a Boston college football player, at least he's he's somewhat talented there. So you keep an eye on him.
0: Yeah. I think at his age, 25, you know, former second round pick uh, I thought was kind of a steal. Oh, spring Lake North Carolina guy. Shout out. Um, Yeah. I mean, we'll turn 26 this off season, yeah, he was drafted 41st overall. I would be really surprised if the Titans didn't try to retain him because, you know, it's a homegrown guy. And I, I would, I mean, not that I'm like crapping on your list or anything. I just think you could even push him maybe a little bit higher. Yeah, Like I, I would, if I'm a, if I'm a franchise, I'm way more interested in giving Harold Landry decent money versus paying Jadaven Clowney, you know, a one or sure, two. Yeah. You know, and they're different, you know, they're little, little different players. Obviously. Well, that's what's
1: tough with lists like this too. It's like, the
0: same team that
1: necessarily is interested in Landry's maybe not interested in Clowney, so you're like, okay, you know, how does it well, work?
0: Like to your point, you know, if you're the Jaguars, do you go and get, you know, do you, let's say they they hit the free agent market, do you go sign Carlton Davis and you know and and Harold Landry and try and you know inject your deep, you know, inject your defense with some youth uh, and some some talent and put you know Harold Landry across from Josh Allen would be spicy, yeah, uh, you know. Say like you're not going to Jaguars aren't going to send you, David Clowney. I mean, it's you know,
1: right, exactly.
0: I mean, I mean, maybe they might,
1: maybe they would. If mm-hmm. I, you know. how about this? It wouldn't be smart. It would, if you're trying right. to build something. Right, Clowney's exactly. not going to do anything for you in the next. Not really going to do anything for your yeah. franchise. You might make it look. The stats might look a little bit better for one year, but that's really about it.
0: He's not going to put you over at the top. Yeah. Um, Quadre Diggs, Akeem Hicks, Casey Hayward, Marcus May, DJ Reed, Stephen Nelson, BJ Hill. Tredavious Ward, Jerry Hughes, and Justin Houston round out the top 25. But Again, it's a, you know, Justin Houston, same sort of thing. Like Same thing. You know, you, if you're a team that's trying to sort of build something, you know, not like Justin used to be bad. You know what I mean? He's, uh, you know, leadership, it's great skill set, but are you going to go out and, you know, pay Justin Houston, or is it, and does Justin Houston want to play for a bad team? More than likely not. B.J. Hill on here is really interesting to me. And I, I know I'm a state homer, obviously, but he, you know, he was traded in the middle of the year by the giants who had drafted him in the third round. He goes to Cincinnati and has probably I mean, probably his best, or was he traded in the off season? He was trading in the off Offseason, off yeah. season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But under Lou and he has his best year. I was thinking he was traded mid season for some, re- some re- for some reason for some reason. I mean, he probably had his best year by approximate value. It's the best year since his rookie year, five and a half sacks, you know, 12 QB hits. He just a different player in Cincinnati. And, and, you know, part of that could be him coming into, you know, coming in to, you know we're, we're obviously way too quick to, to be like, oh, this guy has been three years. He stinks, you know, like, right. And it was a contract here for him too, but I but think play, he played well in the playoffs. I, I believe he,
1: you know, had an interception, you know, and a tip tip ball. Yeah. Like he, he felt like a piece to me. That was, you know, right there with the Jesse Bates and the Hendricksons, and he was a part of that defense for Cincinnati to get to the Super Bowl. I mean, he was one of those faces, in my opinion.
0: He actually might be Sully. A, I sort of wonder if he isn't a, a franchise tag candidate as well. Huh, defensive tackle, seventeen million projection. That is expensive. Is that right? Defensive tackle is like basically about even with defensive end now. That's crazy to think about. That is wild. Um.
1: If they sign Jesse Bain, Donald, does something, maybe that's Donald bringing yeah, it up.
0: I guess it's the, yeah, I guess it's the, yeah, that's right. The salaries have been cranked up. Um, I guess you could, uh, that's pretty rich for, for BJ Hill, unless you that, think that's B. rich for a team.
1: And again, this is what's interesting. You know, you're talking about Jesse, two guys on the Cincinnati Bengals, both defensive players that are going to be free agents. You You want to retain them, but also what was your number one issue this season? You have to spend money on the offensive line right. too. And there's, there's no other way for you to fix that other, you know, you can hit on the draft, but that's one position, I guess.
0: For the first time in a long time, you have like a 31st pick not the Right. First. Exactly. It's a great point. And Breach's point was he thinks they like their tackles enough where they'll keep Jonah Williams and Riley reef and then look to sign a guard in the market, whether it's a Brandon Scherf or somebody else. Okay. So if that's the case, I mean, the Bengals have a ton of salary cap space. Yeah. You could, in theory, sign, um, Jesse Bates to a, a big deal and it could be like a top safety deal the way that he's played. That'd be fine. Tag BJ Hill. If you think, you know, I, I, he's probably not worth it. I don't know. They had, they had all these guys go down with injury. And so he's, he sort of stepped into a bigger role late in the year. So right, I don't, I don't think he's going-
1: necessarily breaking the bank either. When you're talking about a guy that's been traded already in his career, I think that that fairly unfairly kind of just puts you down a little bit sure. in terms of what you get for a contract, he even though it probably- worked out in Cincinnati.
0: He could probably. I mean, yeah. Maybe he loved. Maybe, maybe he's like, I love being in Cincinnati. I want to stay here, and you know, I'm going to take a, you know, uh, you know give me a three year deal that's not in you know outrageous, and I'll stick around and play for this team. That that I, again, the, it's wild how, you know, Joe Burrow, and this is true with Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, and any you know when you have a cor- a franchise quarterback who you think can the team can take the team over the top and go to a Super Bowl it makes it more attractive to go there. I mean, Cincinnati has been a joke for years, and now they've, you know, they, they're going to have interest in there. They won't be players in that, you know, Breach mentioned Brandon Scherf. I don't know how aggressive they'll be in that initial wave of free agency. It's just not, not sort of how they operate. Yeah. Um, And I think Hill would probably be a second wave guy anyway. So I, would, maybe, I would
1: think so, yeah. So,
0: so maybe there's something to be worked out before the league year even starts, if they, if they really like him as a player. We'll see. And you can also,
1: you know, you can also go the route, and I know the Patriots do this a lot, where it's, you know, if you are working with a player that likes the franchise, and you're not in that franchise tag situation like they are right now, the Cincinnati's with Hill. Go test the market. Come back to us with what you have, and we'll see if we can get close or match the deal.
0: Yeah, I mean, one year, seventeen. It, uh, that seems that seems stout for. That would be
1: <laughs> that would be pretty high for a guy like Hill too. I mean, it's not like we're talking yeah. about.
0: I mean, Aaron Donald at twenty two five, Forest Partner twenty one. Chris Jones, 20. Jonathan Allen, 18. Vita Vea, 17.75. Seven, Kenny Clark, 17.5. Did they just restructure him? Fletcher Cox, seventeen one, Grady Jarrett, 17. Cameron Hayward, 16.4. And then you get down and then it's B- DJ Reader at 13.25. Yeah, I don't think you can. You can't probably get franchise tagging unless the no, number yeah. is something like, unless that projection's off and it's like $13 million. Then it's sure. fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But it would be you're not going to give him a tag that's going to pay him more than DJ Reader, who was awesome last year. Yeah, that would be yeah, it's yeah. Hill's more like you give him a three-year contract for $10 million or something, like $10 million a year or something like that. Yeah. And that tag is just too too prohibitive. If it is, if it ends up being that number. All right, anybody else you want to touch on uh, on this list? No, I think we hit most of them. The only one that I think
1: is is relatively interesting and probably would have been higher on this list had he not suffered a, an Achilles injury this season is Marcus May someone who yep. is the classic. Once you leave the New York jets, you're going to be a lot better. And he was already playing well in, you know, in a more expanded role in that secondary, in the absence of Jamal Adams, he's somebody who it could be maybe, a maybe it's a one year prove it type of deal that will end up looking like a steal. if he becomes back healthy and all that. So for me, Marcus may is one that probably would have been a little bit higher on my list. Had it not been for the injuries.
0: Yeah. A lot of, a lot of BG Hill talk on this podcast. I'm shocked. <laughs> um, all right, that's uh, that's it. That's a look at the uh, defensive-free agents. Obviously, the list will change. If you want to check out the list, go to cbsports.com. Follow, follow uh, Sully on Twitter, at Tyler Sully. And uh, we will. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you again soon, buddy. Awesome. Thanks, Will. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or...